I want to tell a little story on some friends of ours who've been married longer than we have, and we're at 37 this year. Got it right. Okay. <laughs> they, they have entered into a, we'll call it an arrangement. The mistress of the domain has laid down a law, a rule, a command that no more new coats get to come into the house unless an old one leaves. <laughs> and dear ones, you know who you are. And I love that because it's a mistress of her domain exercising authority. It's also a really good policy for overcrowded closets, <laughs> right? And, and it's an example of we get to say what comes into our personal domain and, frankly, what goes out, right? What gets in and what has to leave. Welcome back, friends, to part two of a series that Stace and I began last week on enforcing the kingdom of Jesus in our personal kingdoms and in our, our homes, households, apartments, our, our, our space, so that they can be sanctuaries and places of rest and renewal. But before we jump in to part two this week, Stacey and I want to remind you of an event we're really, really excited about. Yeah, it's called Fresh Hearts, Strong Hearts, Homecoming 2021. And it's a live stream event, Saturday, March 6, 1 o'clock Mountain Time. And we are so excited about it, bringing new content, yes. some exciting things planned, just um, to offer life and hope and nourishment and refreshment that's so badly needed in these days that we're living in. We wanted to rally friends with you and circle up. And because it's online, it's just going to be 90 minutes. We're not going to do like a full day conference 90 is enough for online, but Stace and I have been learning some new things about deeper in Christ and the wells of refreshing and how to experience him, how to find his sustenance in an hour like the one we're living in. And we are so excited to offer this to you. You need to register yep. online at our website, wildatheart.org. March 6, 1 p.m., really want you to join us. You will love it. So I love that example that you gave, John, about our friend saying, ah, no, no more coats. <laughs> it's an example of how we have authority in the physical realm of what comes into our home. Our dog wants to bring in sticks and destroy them all over the carpet. He doesn't get to bring them in. Or, And can I point out that he is a reluctant obeyer? just like the foul spirits are. Now, my dog's not demonic, but we have two ducks, two goldens. The older golden understands the rules and obeys them. The year and a half loves bringing sticks into the house and then just shredding them all over. Right, so it's not a one and done. It's not one and done. Yeah, Like, yeah. he's got okay. to be reminded yeah. of the this rules. This afternoon, it's still true. You still can't bring in a That's stick. That's so good. This afternoon is still true, which is how these foul spirits are. These are, not only are they disobedient, but they're also very broken in their own minds. They are deceived themselves. Yeah. Most of them think they're winning. Yeah. They're, when when they've lost already, right? right? And right. every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But but like our persistent puppy, they do have to be reminded of the rules on a regular basis. And that's kind of where we've been enforcing right now the kingdom in 
our personal sanctuaries because of, of the hour that we're living in on the earth. And it's, it's a rough hour. And most of us are pretty severely depleted. And so having some place where we can retreat to, to be with God, to be well, to have peace, to have joy is really essential in yeah, the South. Yeah, to have boundaries inside of which you actually do have authority. Yes. You do get to have a say, not only of sticks coming in or muddy boots coming in, but um, the divisiveness in the world, the fear in the world, the hatred of the world, yes. uh, all of it. All of it cannot come into your personal kingdom. And back to 1 Corinthians 15 for a moment. It's talking about the power of Christ and what he's up to right now. And it says, the end will come when Jesus hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. Those are the same Greek words that Paul uses in Ephesians 6 when he's talking about levels of demonic authority. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, rulers, authorities, powers, spiritual forces of wickedness, that same thing. It says Jesus is going to do that for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And just as he has been committed to using human partners from the beginning to the restoration of all things, he is doing that now. He gives us kingdoms and realms. He gives us places of personal authority where what we say goes. And then we exercise the victory and the authority that we have in Christ, and we enforce it in the realms that are appropriate for us to enforce. Yeah. I'm thinking of the word agency. We, we have like agency that. over. Yes. We have an effect. Yes. Yeah, Dallas would say, your kingdom is the realm of your effective will. There you go. Where your will is effective. Now, let me quickly contrast that because we've been just talking about very immediately your space, your home, apartment, dorm room, the room that you rent in a home, the room that you share with someone else, okay? Your, at least your little bed area, you, you have a space that is yours, okay? As opposed to you can't just walk into the United Nations and do this. Right. You, you can't just you know, fly to some country and walk in and start commanding authority and jurisdiction of Christ for reasons that will get us way off field here. But other than that is not the range of your effective will. You don't have authority there. God has not given you authority over Australia or et cetera, or over a company that someone else owns or over the neighbor's house. Right, right. Just to say it will not go well for you. Gordon Dalby admits in one of his books a painful but somewhat comical story where as a young believer, passionate for Christ, filled with the righteousness, Jesus has won, every knee bows. And so he tried to do this in Los Angeles. Uh -huh. he, he was living in a little apartment, but he tried to unseat the enemy from the city of Los Angeles and what happened was, you know, his stuff got broken into and stolen, and he got hammered spiritually for that because he didn't have the jurisdiction to do that. But in his apartment, exactly. he could enforce those borders and boundaries. And gang, as we said last time, this isn't just about your apartment. This extends into all the realm 
that God has given you authority in, but we're sticking with your personal space right now because everybody needs their personal space to be well. Yes. And let me point you to moving mountains as one example. If you want to dive deeper into this and how much farther does this extend and where else do I have authority? We'll touch on that a little bit here, but we're focusing on personal spaces. And John, this is um, even more important in these days that we are living in because so many people are working at home that that um, it, it is the whole space where it's very difficult yes. to leave the house or yes. there's rules that keep them from being able to do that. So within the boundaries of their domain is where they are spending not just the evenings or yes. their sleep, but the bulk of their wow. days. Wow, oh, honey, that's a good point. So we were building towards uh, the end of last podcast, talking about consecrating and then enforcing the kingdom. And that's out of James 4, verse 7. Submit, therefore, to God, first step. Resist the enemy, and he will flee. Both are needed. And so we were talking about the power of consecrating your space to the Lord Jesus on a regular basis, at least weekly, but probably daily. Yes. And if you do the daily prayer, it it's pretty much gets done in that. Um, but I was also quickly thumbing through our app to make sure it was on there. On the Wild at Heart app, which is free, everybody, you can listen to our podcasts and you can watch stuff, but there's a section in there on prayers, mm-hmm. and there is a prayer for consecrating things. Oh, well, there you go. And there's a section on consecrating your your space, your home, your, your living atmosphere there. So we consecrate it, which means that in a fresh way, we are bringing it back under the jurisdiction of Jesus by dedicating it to him, by proclaiming him Lord there. And then here's the thing. Like, if you're playing worship in your home, you're consecrating it mm-hmm. because you're, you, you are loving and adoring Jesus. You are announcing his kingdom there simply through the power of worship. If you're, you know, declaring scripture out loud in your home, that all those types of things. Submit, and then the second half is resist, commanding the authority of Christ and his victory to the borders so that nothing can trespass. Yes. And, and where we were ending last time was, you may need to do that very specifically. And then there's the resist part, which is enforcing the kingdom and authority of Jesus and the work of Christ in our space against all trespass, whether that might be fear in the night or, or in the day. This isn't just about sleep. It isn't. It's, it's about securing your space yes. to be an expression of the kingdom of God here on earth. Yes. You know, a clue is what's coming against you, how you're feeling. The whole thing about you'll know them by their fruits. Yes. So perhaps it's during the day and you become suddenly irritated with another person in your home and they haven't, they haven't done anything. Yes. But it's, uh, you're being provoked. Yes. All you can feel is irritation. Yeah, Everything that kind of thing. they do irritates. They've yeah. only been irritating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's the heaviness yeah. and the heavy laden, or it's the discouragement, or you know it. You, yeah. You used to check your oil by putting a dipstick into it. It's like taking a dipstick into your heart. Yeah. What actually am I feeling? Yes. What am I thinking? That's good. Be aware of what's encroaching. Yes. Things are trying to trespass. And as last time we were using the example of our reluctant golden retriever who desperately 
loves to find sticks in the yard and bring them in the house and then chew them up into fragments and sawdust and populate the entire living room carpet with debris. He knows he knows it's against the rules, but he still tries to do it. These guys, the enemy and his forces, will try to trespass until they realize that you are not going to allow them to. And in some cases, one good solid no may work for a season. In other cases, you have to do it every day. Mm -hmm. And what we were pointing out is in Luke 10 and in Matthew 28 and Ephesians 2, 6, many places in the New Testament describing that the authority of Christ has been given to us. And the biblical story is the story of God relying on, using, depending on human partners to work with him from Adam and Eve to this restored earth to get get his things done. Okay, so he wants love in your home. He wants peace in your home, but you are his regent. Right, you have been entrusted with the kingdom. Exactly. And the role that is yours to play, it may be larger than you were comfortable with. Yes, yes. And and for some reason, and I don't know why this is in human nature, but we've got listeners say, ooh, I'm not so sure about it, that enforcing part, either because hasn't Jesus already enforced all that? Or that sounds... I don't know, really proud on, maybe prideful on our part to be doing that. But friends, this is throughout the scriptures, the bestowing of authority on human beings and then the human beings needing to exercise it. Yes. So when James says, for example, submit therefore to God, resist, Mm -hmm. we are literally commanded to do the resisting part. Yes. Not just the submitting part. And then Stacy read, 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9 last week, but let's read it again this week. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Yes. So there it is again. You are you are commanded to do the resisting part. Mm -hmm. To stand firm. Stand your ground. Mm -hmm. And what that sounds like on most evenings in our home or mornings or or midday is we declare that this home is the property of Jesus Christ. Yes. And we order his kingdom here, and we command the authority of Jesus and the victory of Christ against all trespass of the enemy— and of his forces. And sometimes you get real specific against all fear trying to get into our home or the irritation that Stacy just mentioned or the discouragement or despair. We forbid that here in our kingdom and in our domain. And in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 16, there's a very important story here Because, you know, people can look at the Gospels and go, yeah, I see Jesus do it, but are we supposed to do it? Doesn't Christ do that? But Paul and Silas are going to a place of prayer, and they're met by a slave girl who has a demon by which she is a fortune teller, and she predicts the future, and she's making a ton of money. I was going to say a fortune (laughs) for her owners. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. 
verse 17. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. And you're like, wow, demons are really messed up. They, they are so fallen. They are so broken in their understanding. They're like, wait, what? Why isn't she like proclaiming the gospel with them? But friends, you understand that it only takes one nut job <laughs> to turn people off to Christ. One guy standing on the corner shouting, what, you know, does far more damage than 50 atheists. Okay, so this is, it's weird. It's bizarre. She's shouting. She's making a scene. It's not inviting, winsome, loving because it's coming out of the mouth of a demon through this girl. Now, how does Paul handle it? Okay, she kept it up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. So Paul doesn't ask Jesus to do it. No, he says, I command. I command you. And this is very important because, you know, when he writes resist, this is what he has in mind. Mm. You know, follow my example here. So let's go to the woman thing. Okay. You know, as we were talking, we were considering what questions might come up. And one question that came up was, can a woman do this? Can a woman do this in a home? Maybe she's married, but her husband isn't a believer or isn't ready to exercise this kind of authority over the home? And um, the answer is yes. Yes, it really is, friends. I mean, if you go back to Genesis and just remember that Eve is standing right there, right alongside yes. Adam, when the authority is given to the human race to be the partners of God, to govern and rule and subdue and multiply and be fruitful and do all the things that human beings are commissioned to do. So women, as a category, are standing right there. Right. But, hon, as you said, I think where it gets messy for people is not, do women have the authority to do this, but what do I do when I'm in a mixed situation? So let's, let's look at that and talk through some of the scriptures around that. Yeah, let's start with the scripture on this because it's addressed in the scriptures um, beautifully. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 7, he says something very important. He says, and if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him for the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. Okay, there, there, hang on. There's so much in There's there. There's so much But in the there. religious language is, is causing me to stumble a little bit. So let's try a couple other translations. In the New Living translation, it goes like this. For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. In other words, the presence of a Christian in the home has an effect on the atmosphere. It, it does. It, it, they have a leavening or saturating influence, particularly in the spiritual realm, because the the demons understand the authority of Christians. It's most Christians who don't understand the authority of Christians. Right, right. Let me read from the message because I think this even unpacks it a, a little better. Okay. It says, The unbelieving husband shares to an extent in the holiness of his wife, 
and the unbelieving wife is likewise touched by the holiness of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be left out. As it is, they also are included in the spiritual purposes of God. You know, we don't all bake our own bread anymore. So many of the analogies of the of the day and, and climate of Jesus might get a little lost on us. But I think you've seen bread being made and you've watched the great British baking Surely. show. Surely. Right? Surely you've watched <laughs> that by now, all of us in quarantine. Some of us have watched it more than once. Yeast. Jesus uses the example of yeast, that it gets into a batch of flour and works its way in, and it has a leavening effect. It it permeates and affects it. So the bottom line we're saying is this. This is one example of, yes, of course, your authority as a daughter of God, seated with Christ in the heavens, Ephesians 2, 6, you are currently seated with Christ in the heavens. Yes, you can command the kingdom of God in your home with great effectiveness, whether or not your spouse, the husband or wife, is in agreement with you or whether or not your children are in agreement with you. Now, this gets us into the bulk of the questions that come our way are, yeah, but what do you do when it doesn't seem to work? So going back to 1 Peter 5 for a moment that Stace just read, it says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around looking for an opportunity. The word there is antidikos. It's a Greek word that means the one who seeks a legal claim against you. And it's actually the same exact word that Jesus uses in the parable of the persistent widow when she says, you know, please grant me justice from my adversary. Mm -hmm. And the same word, anidikos, please give me justice, give me deliverance, give me rescue, give me an answer rule on my behalf against the one who seeks a legal claim. So the enemy is a legalist. Mm -hmm. And most of the ways that he gets open doors into the world is through human sin. Yes. In some form or expression of that. Now, a quick example that everybody is familiar with at this point is agreements, right? We make agreements with him. He comes along with fear or shame or you handled that terribly, or you'll never amount to anything. And when we make an agreement right, with let me his say, lives, yes, that's true. We open the door and it gets a foothold in our lives. So it's it there's some he's looking for an opportunity, and oftentimes he finds one. We give it to him or someone else gives it to him. And we have found over the years, back to the personal sanctuary, that if the prayers of consecrating your home, apartment, room, half of your room, your bed at least, your space, if that's not working, then sometimes you have to pause in the process over the course of several days or even several weeks and find out from God what the claim is. What's the open door? What, what has the antidikos found in your home or situation or in you. And one example is the making of agreements. When we break those agreements, he loses that claim. No, I reject shame, guilt, fear. I, I banish that in the name of Christ. You know, I, I declare Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ. In those situations, he loses the claim, 
right? And right. then you, and then the banishing part works well. Then the right. enforcement right. comes back. Yeah. See, and on the other another part of this is that it's actually really cool because God is all about healing us and restoring yes. us. Yeah. And so this can be used to reveal vulnerabilities in our lives that yes. we're blind to in order for him to bring the healing and the wholeheartedness yes. back to us. Okay, that's just huge, hon, because back a year ago in March when the pandemic swept the world for the first time and the quarantines and the economic the lockdowns, shutdowns, yeah. So many people out of work. Mm-hmm. God made it very clear that He was shaking, and He was looking for undivided allegiances, mm-hmm. and He was exposing our divided allegiances, the other places that we'd put our hope, our trust, our yes. faith in, because He wants that wholeheartedness in Him. And so, yep, this is one of the functions of of spiritual warfare, at least in the sense of it can be redeemed. Right. It it can have a silver lining Mm -hmm. in the sense of, wow, we just keep getting hammered in our personal space by heaviness or heavy laden. Why, Lord? Show us why. What's up? Is there an agreement here? Or oftentimes, there's just stuff in the house or in the apartment. What That's have you been true. watching? Exactly. These, yeah. Consider this, y'all. Like the whole thing about keeping your eyes pure, your your ears pure. What are you listening to? What doors are you opening? What have you been binging on on Netflix? Mm-hmm. What what types of shows? There is lots and lots of pretty dark stuff really out there. Really dark. And and what has become quote unquote normal? Yes. Is so ungodly. And the thing is, in the process of sanctification, stuff that Stacy and I could get away with, quote unquote, watching, you know, 30 years ago, we just can't anymore. Right. And if it's got creepy to it, if it's got the celebration of darkness to it, you know, everything from murder to witchcraft to what are you watching? What are you playing in your home? Because that could be it. And that includes um, games, books, video games. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember a friend of ours again, a mistress of her domain, lamenting the invention of of the early video games because it was causing so much fighting between her sons. Yes, as they were playing these video games, just erupting and fighting. And I remember she said this to us. She said, "I felt like I let Satan in the house." Well, she didn't, but they may have. What was the nature of those games that they were playing? Is it a celebration of darkness? Is it too creepy? Like Now, you may be able to sanctify some of this stuff and bring it under the blood of Christ, but what we're describing is this. The antidecos, the one who looks for a claim, comes probing the perimeters of our personal sanctuaries, and we don't want him to find open doors and windows. And those open doors and windows could be media, in our home, things that we're looking at on the internet, or things that other people in our space are opening up. So that could be an open door. Get to how to deal with that in just a moment. We had to deal with some unholy objects in our sacred space. Right. We were, you know, given some gifts. And I love getting gifts. I know friends traveling internationally. Yes. I, I know this just sounds unbelievable now looking back on it, but, you know, little... Statues, little statues of Buddha. Yes, or of little gods, right? Little oh, Hindu I know, things. I know. And, this and, big ceramic one yes. that looks so great in the garden. Right. 
oops. Yeah. Like, no, you can't. You've got to be very careful what you let in because you're the governor, you're the governess of your kingdom. And have people sent you things from overseas? Have you brought things into your home? Did you have stuff from your former life outside of Christ that you're still hanging on to? Certain books, certain things. Just ask God. He'll he'll show you. He asked God, and then by faith and courage, let them go. Yeah, get rid of it. All right, so just a moment on how you deal with this stuff, but I want to name a few other open doors that can make it difficult. Previous owners and occupants. This is really big, especially for all you who rent. Um, you know, if you've been in the same home for 13, 14 years and you've been praying over it, it's probably pretty consecrated. Yeah. Uh, like the outpost here and the story I was telling last week of the young man who said, wow, it's peaceful here. Well, yeah, there's been so much prayer over the years. But when we first moved in, this was somebody else's space. Mm -hmm. And there was a different group of people in here and a different company. And it wasn't a cult. You know, it was just folks. But folks let things in uh, of different faiths and non-faiths and that sort of thing. So if you're a renter, or if you have recently purchased your townhome or your situation, it could be that activities of previous occupants and owners, like some friends of ours, oh, their children love the little house they're living in, but they keep having all kinds of problems there, and, and it's really dark, and they can't figure out why. And then they found out from the neighbors it used to be a drug house. Yeah, it was a ma- it was a math house. There you go. And you're like, holy cow! There's like, some cleaning out that needs to be done. A lot of cleaning out that needs to be done. So what we're describing is you, you're consecrating your space and you're enforcing the authority of Jesus there, and you're forbidding trespass, and it doesn't seem to be working. Mm. Now you ask Jesus, why? Why? What's up? Is there something here, or has somebody done something? Maybe a previous tenant that opened the door. Christ will show you. The Holy Spirit will show you. But general prayers like this really help. We renounce the sin of all previous owners and occupants of our space. We bring the atonement of Christ over everything they did in our space, room, apartment, house, townhouse, condo, teepee. Hotel room. Hotel room. We've cleansed this place now with the blood of Christ. And not every night, but on a regular basis, I'd say at least once a month, Stacy and I still do that in our home. We cleanse our home with the blood of Christ. And we'll get real specific. Every object and our furnishing, all the media in our home, books, and everything that's been watched here. Because we have guests, and our guests do things that we might not agree with, right? We, we had teenage sons. Come on. And they had video parties and overnights and stuff. And so once in a while, we'll just go, okay, everything that's ever been done here, we cleanse with the blood of Christ. And I was referring to previous owners and occupants. And you can renounce those open doors now because now it's your kingdom. And you can close those doors by renouncing the sin, all drug use here, all all illicit sexual activity here all of the things that they watched. We cover that all now with the blood of Christ. And we seal up Mm. those doors that the enemy cannot trespass through them anymore. 
And oftentimes that'll take care of that particular thing of, wow, we can't seem to get lasting results. <sighs> well, there was some reason. Right. And you either generally cover the reason like I just did, or you very specifically do it. If you go, OMG, I know who used to live here. That guy was totally into pornography. Well, then you get very specific. We renounce the sexual sin in this home, apartment. We renounce the use of pornography here. We claim the atonement of Christ over that now. You know, the more specific you can be, the, the more helpful it is. And this gets into questions also that people have asked us, well, what about other members? Like, I share a house. I have roommates, and they do stuff. Or what about, like, how far does the authority extend? It feels like we need to. We do need to talk about that um, because there are limits yes. to the authority. That You know, that's why we started with the space that you do have control over, yes. including if you're sharing a room, it's your space, your bed, your half of the room, the whatever. But one of the places that people really wonder about is with their children. Yes. And um, we talked about previously about increasing amounts of personal authority that a child has. You know, you as, a, you as an infant, you're dressing them. As a toddler, maybe you're giving them two choices, you know, this shirt or this shirt. And then as they get older, they're they're picking their own clothes. And um, it's just an increase of their own personal domain. So as a parent, you have authority over your children. They've been entrusted to you and to your care. Yes. So you do have complete authority and the right to enforce the kingdom of God, the jurisdiction of Jesus Christ over your home, over your family, and over your children. While they are in your home, yes, gang, is the ex is this is the exception. Once they are out from under your roof, there is a there is a lessening. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, a of lessening. your spiritual authority when they go off to college, when they you know get married, like they once they're married and out and on their own, or single and out and on their own, you you do not have the same authority that you had when they were under your roof. Right. And in the daily prayer at the, and near the beginning, it's, it's yes. a, it includes, I bring underneath my authority, my yes. children, I'll name them. And now I've done it for so many years that I have to catch myself and I don't include that. I, they're not underneath not my authority. Not for a 30-year-old son who's right. married and has a, a kingdom and a family of his own. However, however, here's the thing. The focus of this, these two episodes is on your personal space when they come back into your personal space or as you have guests in your home, you can still exercise authority in your home. Now, the difference is you're not exercising it over your aunt and uncle who are visiting, but you can do this, you know, and we have to do this, is we command that nothing foul may come into our home through them and that as they come through our doors, they come through the blood of Christ and under the love of God and under the Holy Spirit, of course, you want blessing on them. We bless them being here, but we forbid them to be an open door to us. Yes. Because, you know, they may choose to watch something that you disagree with or whatever. And you can cover all that in your, in your prayers because you're still talking about your kingdom, your domain, and previous occupants, but also guests and children that are returning that are adult children. Mm-hmm. Children that are still under your roof, quote unquote, they're still dependents, we would call them, 
because they are dependents, you do have a much greater spiritual authority. And on a regular basis, we would just cover and cleanse. We would cleanse their video games. We would just do that, sometimes with them and sometimes without without the, without their knowing. We would just do it because we had jurisdiction. And we would just say, you know what? All video games being played in this house currently, we bring under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we forbid them to be open doors of the enemy to trespass into our home. And that usually, that usually gets it done. So much more to unpack here. Let me give you a couple resources. I mentioned Moving Mountains, the, the book that I wrote on prayer. That would be really helpful. Really helpful. Something very simple is the daily prayer mm-hmm. and also the prayers of consecration that are on the Wild at Heart app. Super helpful. There's the bedtime prayer. Very helpful. Also, a couple years ago, a couple summers ago, we did like a six-part series on spiritual warfare. And if you want to like, okay, I need, I need more education here. Go back and listen to that series. We, we received so much correspondence that it was really helpful for people. The reason that Stace and I brought this to the table right now here in the month of February is that this is a very intense time spiritually on the earth. And there are swirling forces out there of fear, of discouragement, of hopelessness, of desolation, swirling stuff out there. I mean, simply when you get, you know, billions of people agreeing with something like fear, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to permeate the world. Right. But the good news is this, not in your kingdom, not in your domain, because in your kingdom and in your domain, you can enforce the absolute supremacy of the rule of Jesus Christ. The God of all hope, the kingdom of love. Bingo. There. And even invoking, we command the hope of God in our home against all despair. We command the love of God in our home against all hatred. Not here, not in our realm, not in our kingdom. And this is exactly what Jesus said, that as things get pretty wild in terms of just society, and human choices, but also in terms of the the battle of good and evil in the world, it will become more and more necessary that we enforce the kingdom of God in our personal kingdoms and domains. And then, you know, the implications of this begin to go out into your work and into, you know, all places that you can begin to bring the influence of the kingdom of Jesus. But certainly in your personal realm so that you have a sanctuary and a place of rest and replenishment and holiness and renewal, which we all need in this hour. Mm -hmm. So we offer this to you in great hope that your sanctuary becomes a sanctuary. 